You are listening to Berlinotech. This is a podcast about inspiring people that are still chasing their dreams in the German capital. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Berlinotech. It's been a while. It's been a while since I recorded an episode, but here we are. My name is Duarte Azevedo, and my guest today is Jillian Beitin, founder of Bear Radio, Berlin's first English-language podcasting network for Berliners and by Berliners, and actually one of them is Berlinotech. So welcome, Jillian. It's a pleasure to have you at Berlinotech. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? How was the coffee? Lovely. Still going. Still going. Okay, mine's over. We <laughs> just had a nice cup of coffee. This is probably the earliest I've ever recorded uh, uh, an episode. But Actually, we're doing fine. Yeah, I think me too. I think it's pretty early <laughs> for podcasting. Yeah. Podcasting for breakfast. Uh, Jillian, I'd like to start with uh, this question. Actually, I get it a lot myself when people ask me, you know, uh, about uh, more stuff about me. So you came from sunny California to uh, uh, gray yeah. Berlin. <laughs> My first question has to be, what were you thinking? Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking either. Um, <laughs> no one knows. I hadn't really ever seen snow till I was 20 years old. And then I moved okay. to the east coast of the United States for a year for that year where they had a lot of blizzards. And then I came to Berlin because I thought, you know, it can't be worse than that. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt a bit worse. Yeah. Um, but I came here for grad school about four years ago. And because I'd studied abroad in Prague during my undergraduate school. And I fell in love with Berlin because I came to party here every weekend. And so when I wanted to go to graduate school, I looked up only schools in Berlin. I applied to one and I got in and I came here six months later. The first semester that I was here, I would go out to a Weissensee to teach English and, you know, be out there in the dark in the woods. <laughs> the real PM. Berlin Weissensee. Cool. Yeah, and just teaching English, running all over the city, trying to, you know, finish my econ homework and things like this. And I'm very glad I don't have to do that anymore to make money. No, it sounds like a, sounds like a, a task. I mean, Weissensee isn't that bad. I know people that do the same in like Martin or something. Yeah. Martin's further away. Oh, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> trickier. Okay. And um, were you always into podcasts? Is this a recent thing or you've mm. been doing this for a while in terms of, you know, listening to podcasts and interested in it? Yeah, I think I was really raised on NPR and public radio, which is really big in the States. And so, and my dad worked for PBS, the public broadcasting service. So he worked in television and radio and it kind of made me really interested in this growing up. And I just remember going on long drives to like Yosemite or Los Angeles and listening to NPR podcasts. And then, so when I was in high school and college, I, like if I was homesick, for example, during college, I would just start listening to NPR or a podcast. And, you know, it ended up becoming something that I would listen to like five hours of podcasts a day. Not that I was lonely, just that I like actually enjoyed You're them. Enjoying it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ever since probably I was 18, I've always just listened to podcasts and I also really liked audiobooks and things like this. So it was an easy transition. Okay. And when was like, do you remember the, the I guess you, then you, you grew up with this, uh, you know, radio and mm -hmm. podcasts and audiobooks. Would you remember the, the first podcast you were really, you know, into or mm -hmm. do you remember that? 
I think that some of the first podcasts that I remember listening to as podcasts were NPR shows that had been converted into podcasts. So like All Things Considered, which I later worked for, which was really cool, or even like Car Talk, which was just a well-known stupid show about (laughs) these two old mechanics and people call in with their car problems. Yeah. And they have these really interesting like Boston accents and it's a kind of a, a niche thing in the States. And I just remember like listening to this radio show, like tuning, it was like the first time I actually tuned into the radio and like opted in to tune into the radio okay. was to listen to that. <laughs> listen to Car Talk, sounds like yeah. a great show. Is, uh, is that actually how podcasts started? Is it like um, there were just radio uh, shows that you could listen to later on? Is that the, the very beginning of podcasting? Yeah, from the most for the most part, I think that when I looked for them, it was just on a desktop website. There was no iTunes podcast yeah. or whatever. And so you could go to a desktop website and some radio stations started cataloging their older episodes so you could listen to them. And then I think podcasting was born from that once you realized you could download the MP3 of that show. Okay. And then eventually people start producing only in that format instead of live just you know for you to listen later on like you have now i guess now it's more trendy okay yeah i didn't know that i never thought about that how did you um so you have your own um uh, podcast label here in berlin how how did it all start mm, so i'd always been working in radio i lived in new zealand and i worked in radio there and i worked in radio in california and then Between the two years of my master's studies here in Berlin, I worked at NPR in Washington, D.C. as an intern and as a producer for All Things Considered. And then I also worked for Deutsche Welle. And kind of when I came back, I was a bit disappointed and I realized that there really isn't any English language audio content in the city. And that just also coincided with a fellowship that I did in the fall that was uh, put together by Axel Springer, the Du School and Six German radio stations. And the challenge was for 20 fellows from around the world to make radio cool again, quote unquote. So we essentially did consulting for them for 10 weeks and developed two products to like put, uh, you know, the voice back into or the voice in the hands of the listener. So, for example, half of us developed a product called Gehirn, um, which was just a platform, an audio platform online for unheard voices in Berlin. And so you could tune in and hear different stories and we'd have town hall meetings and things like this. And then throughout that entire fellowship for 10 weeks, they also helped us with our own ventures. So my venture was Bear Radio, which in the beginning I wanted it to be an English language radio station. Um, And then I realized that's hard, <laughs> coming up with yeah, sure, 24 sure. hours of content. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of morphed, and I got a lot of really good feedback from people who are working here in the industry in Berlin and around the world, just you know, having a lot of Skype calls with people and getting their advice. And finally, I came with the idea that we should do a podcast network because it's a a good foundation for this in Berlin, especially because as like there's podcasts like yours that already ex- exist and it gives us something to build off of um, without having to have 24 hour service. Sure. I mean, if you do a radio, that, that's it's a big challenge in the end because you have to come up with interesting content. Mm-hmm. Also, you need to know when is your audience there listening and have a studio, to it, have a studio the, and the, licensing and the whole. Yeah, it's it's a whole different in Germany. Game. <laughs> yeah, no. 
<laughs> not really. Yeah, it's a whole different game for sure. Yeah. Okay, so it started as an idea for a radio station and it developed, it eventually developed to a, into a, um, a podcast um, mm -hmm. network. Okay. Realizing that I didn't have 40,000 euros. <laughs> Oops, I couldn't find them. Didn't <laughs> find them thing. in my wallet. Okay, well. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that's the cool. I think that's the really cool thing about podcasts. It's in terms of, uh, you know, agenda and time, you're, you're sort of, you know, it's. It's good that it's regular, I guess, mm -hmm. once a month, once a week, whatever. But at the same time, you have that freedom. And as we were just talking before the interview started, in terms of budget, it's quite, uh, it can be something quite light if, if you're just starting. You don't need to invest a thousand euros or anything. Yeah, and you, um, can, you have essentially editorial control and no one's censoring you, which is the best part. Yeah, and it's still very free in that sense. No, it's still, so, I mean, at least in Europe, it's sort of now starting to booming a little bit, but... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's I've, at least is what I appreciate about podcasts: the freedom of, of content, the freedom of release, of, of, of you know putting things out there and stuff gives you definitely a lot of freedom. Same. Um, Bear Radio was one of the eight Berlin startups to uh, be present at the South by Southwest in Austin. How did you? How did the selection process work? How, um, how did it go? Well, actually, I was a bit surprised that we got in. So uh, I work at a co-working space in Maringdam, which we might talk about later. Um, and the manager of this kind of sent me this email saying that uh, Star Alliance, which is an international, I think, startup foundation thing, okay. and Berlin Partner, which or Berlin Partner for Technology and Innovation, I think they're called. Um, they had some funding to send over some startups from Berlin to South by Southwest. And they were having a whole event. So all they wanted you to do was write an email to them and say why you wanted to go, and they'd tell you. So two days later, I got an email that was like, pack your bags, you're going to South by Southwest. Oh, yes, Austin. Here we go. Which I had just gotten back from the United States <laughs> like a week before. Should have stayed there. I was Should like, I'll just hang out. Um, yeah. And it was really cool. So... I ended up getting this free pass that's worth like what $1,200 or oh, something man. like this. And in order to get this free pass, the only work that I had to put in was <laughs> do a three-minute pitch for Bear Radio in front of a bunch of people, which Great. is fine. And then it was really cool because I got to do a lot of networking and I saw a lot of live podcasts and... You know, I got to see a lot of bands I love. Cool. Um, yeah, it's also known for, for the music, that yeah. festival, yeah. Now I really just want to go again next year and not have to buy a pass. Because I've realized, like, you can just go. Like, okay. you don't really need to have this really expensive pass to get into up, most yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then so there were... the Most of the other eight startups were all, um, like, data and you know, mobility and things like this. And ours was the only one that didn't have anything to do with that and had to do with audio, mm -hmm. which I really liked. And, and it sort of stood out maybe, no? Uh, yeah. Um, and then, that. yeah, during the pitch, um, it was these like seven tall German men and then me at last. <laughs> and <laughs> I got up and I was like, now it's time for something completely different. I don't have a late stage startup because to put it in perspective, I bartended the other night at an event of one of the other startups that pitched. So mm -hmm. they're much more, more further along than us. Okay. Um, I think we were the youngest startup there and it was really cool. I felt very lucky to be there. And Sure, it must have, yeah. it must have been cool then. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how was it in terms of were there other like audio related um, startups uh, in the festival did you what kind of networking yeah. did you do with other podcasts or podcast networks yeah so um 
for example, I went and I saw a live podcast of The Daily, which is a big podcast in the States, and I also was able to talk to one of the people who works for Radiotopia, and it's kind of a model that Bear Radio would like to follow, okay. and so I got a lot of really good advice from her, and I got a lot of really good advice from some people at Gimlet, which is another big network in the States, and just made these really cool connections, even got invited to like this podcasting garage that's sponsored by a radio station in Boston. And okay. yeah, just made a lot of connections that I would not have made. And everyone, it's so nice because there's these very difficult to reach people, but they're at South by Southwest and they have free time. Okay. And I, I think it's, it's the event for that. It's specially made for, specifically made for, for networking in that sense. No? Yeah. So they have South by Southwest is essentially two weeks. And the first week is all called the Interactive Festival. And so they have startups, they have tech, they have uh, journalism, books, movies, yada, yada, Whoa. yada. And the okay. second week is the music week. And so the, like, for example, in the first week, they have this big trade show with all these amazing, like, robots and crazy technology from Whoa. around the world. And even Germany had a whole tent in this giant trade show in the convention center in Austin. And it's just like to show the latest technology and things. They had this crazy coffee machine that made you really, really, really good espresso through an app. Bonkers <laughs> things. It was amazing. That's cool. And what was, uh, did you bring any, um, so of course you did a lot of networking there. I'm wondering if, if uh, because it's, It takes place in Austin, and, and and I guess a lot of the stuff happening in there is related to the United States more than worldwide, mm -hmm. no? But what the contacts you made, the networking we made, you, th you think it's going to bring something to, to Bear Radio once you're, now that you're back? Yeah, and actually, it's I was quite surprised. So there was the German house, like this whole German section of South by Southwest was enormous. We had a tent, we had a whole venue rented out for the week with a lot of speakers and a huge event at night. They had an EU house, they had a Sweden house, a Dutch house. There's all over Europe, there's a bunch of, or all over Austin, there was a bunch of little European compounds, which okay. I didn't expect. So there is a sort of, okay, because I, I thought it was only more like American focus, but in the end there's a bit of everything, you know, at least yeah. in Europe. Okay. So most of the, a lot of contacts I made are also based in Germany and especially contacts in the startup world because, you know, we're quite young and we're looking for ways to immerse ourselves in like, even though in some ways Bear Radio isn't a startup, but there's a lot of business acumen and things like this to be learned in the startup community here to help us solidify ourselves, especially in the German context, because both my co-founder and I are expats. My co-founder is Italian and I'm American and we're not familiar with the German legal system. Sure, sure. So they like there's a lot of good resources and they know how to do this already. So even following their steps is really helpful. What's the future of uh, Bear Radio? What do you guys So you guys now at the moment you have uh, how many podcasts do you have on? Ten. Ten podcasts. Or eleven. Okay. Between Some. ten and eleven. <laughs> one of the two. And uh, uh, what's what's your what are you planning to do in the next? What are the next moves of Bear Radio? You want to add more podcasts, or you want mm -hmm. to promote the podcast you've got? What's what are the next steps? So we're doing a couple of things at the moment. One of our things is registering as a company in Germany, because you really can't accept you know money from advertisements and sponsorships without being registered here. Um, because one of the main things was that the reason we started this was because we saw all these amazing podcasts and people are putting a lot of effort into them and we want people to get paid. And so we know that being part of a network will help people get paid and get exposure and things like this. But 
In terms of actually having official partnerships, you need to be registered. It's a legal issue. The other thing, so we're in the process of that. It takes about six weeks. And then we're also in the process of applying to a bunch of funding rounds to get things like a studio, have more programming, get more equipment, um, things like this. And then um, we're also working on doing our own content. So working with producers and doing essentially Bear Radio Originals. Um, so, for example, we're working with a vodka company here in Berlin and doing a podcast about bartenders in Berlin and their lives. Great and it's just stuff. sponsored by them. Great stuff. Okay. Um, and then also we're in the process yeah, of applying to all of this funding also to make a flagship program for Bay Radio. So, for example, like American radio stations usually have a flagship program where you have a a daily or a weekly program that's an hour long and it just tackles a bunch of different issues. And so we're really interested in working with like six producers having an, a one hour show once a week and the producers can produce what they want about Berlin and we stitch it all into one program that people can listen to and it gives you kind of a snapshot of Berlin that week. Okay. Um, so we would probably start doing production on that in August. Okay, so very very ambitious stuff. I like I like yeah. I like all the ideas. That's we're, pretty cool. We're trying to hit a bunch of things, and then at the moment, there's really only two of us who are doing all of this. But I mean, we're busy all the time, and it's really fun, and we're kind of laying the groundwork for a lot of things right now. Cool. No, it sounds like it sounds really good. I like the um, the idea of the 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 in-house produce podcasts and i mean i got i think it's great for you guys to have you know your own studio and all that these things take a lot of work and money but uh it sounds really good yeah sounds really good. and like one of the big problems we've had is that a lot of people have approached us with really good ideas for podcasts but they just don't have the experience to make it themselves and you know we'd love to help everyone produce their own things but we are only two people so um, for example, I'm teaching a podcast and multimedia journalism workshop seminar at the uh, journalism school over here. And then we're going to be teaching workshops, I think, starting in the summer, even for free, just to get people like caught up and let them learn themselves um, and just let them go experiment on their own. Because cool. I think a lot of it, like you know this as well as doing podcasts yourself, is there's kind of a, a wall where you're like, I couldn't do this. It seems hard. Like, especially you had audio experience before from music, but if you don't have any audio experience... You, it looks trickier. It looks really like a, there's a huge barrier. Yeah, yeah and so I'm like, all we need to do is have like six hours, sit someone down, show them how to stitch something together, record mm -hmm. something on an audio kit. It's easy, you it's know? It's easy... Yeah, it's not, it's not that hard to... to to coach in a way as well it's it's it, there's a process mm -hmm. and it's not rocket science in the end yeah you guys want to do them we want to do also a bit of coaching then that's one one of the fields you'd like to develop like mm -hmm. in podcasting that's also cool you could even have like a part you know related to not only the podcast itself but a bit of brand and stuff in the end it's not so complex you can have the whole package in the end yeah we've like developed a curriculum and things like this so I think it'd be like a two-day workshop. At the end, you have a listening party, and then everyone leaves the workshop able to produce their own thing. Okay. And we're happy to help them further along. Cool. You are using the label. Bear Radio is using, uh, you were just talking about it, the co-working space, uh, the venue, correct? Mm -hmm. The venue Berlin. Um, so it's a, it's a, I'd like to know a bit more about it. It's a hub, from what I understand, it's a hub for music and audio tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's, so yeah, this it's sounds really very cool. formal, so I want to put this into you know normal words. What, what is all what's happening at the venue? Yeah, so um, 
Uh, that fellowship that I mentioned earlier with the Du School and all those German radio stations, part of that fellowship took place in the venue, which opened in December. So they were still quite new, and we were there when they were under construction. And it's an in initiative between Axel Springer, Media House, Rolling Stone magazine, and a couple of other music industry people. And they just essentially wanted a, a place in Kreuzberg, which, you knew, you know, you could have like audio-based startups work out of and kind of create this network ecosystem of audio and tech. Mm, really and that's cool. what they really wanted. Really cool, yeah. And it's really nice. And so right now there's, I think, five startups that are working out of there. It's us. It's um, a really cool startup called Mellow Drive, which is a bit further along. And so that's like six guys, and they do um, music for video games that's also based off of AI. And they're really cool. There's also a company called Groovecat, and it's kind of like an Instagram account, but you can say like at the bottom what you listen to in each picture. So it shows like what song you were listening to at the time. And there's a few others, and they're also there's a rotating host of people. Okay. And then it's really cool because they also have their own team. There's a studio in there that they're still finishing, and then there's a sound stage and a stage. That's so you great. can make That's live really shows. And then there's really cool meeting rooms and things like this. So, for example, I record my podcast in the little studio there with, like, really nice equipment. And they have all their stuff set up. And, like, I had to pitch Bear Radio in front of 150 people a few months ago. And it was on that stage in the venue. And essentially, I was one of the only people staying in Berlin after that fellowship. And the manager approached me and asked if I'd like to have a desk there. So oh, great. ended up just working out really well. And... It's so cool. They have really cool events and they have after work sessions every other Thursday with like free pizza and beer for people in the industry. And it's open okay. invite. Um, and what else do they have? I mean, no, I was checking the, the website because I, I checked out Bear Radio. Because we I think I was looking at the Bear Radio website and I found a link to the venue or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I was looking at this is an amazing uh, idea. You know, the fact that you have you know, all these companies related to audio in the same place, all these Group, you know, people that are into audio and all that stuff. Yeah, like we collaborate on stuff now and like um, we're even thinking of having our own events and hosting them as a venue and things like this. And Great, I, was yeah. show, I was showing we made a they made a promo video about the venue, but it's mostly showing like the parties we have yeah, and yeah. When, when David <laughs> Byrne video, came. Yeah. And my friend was like, do you work there? I'm like, not nah. <laughs> I do yeah, work sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. yeah, after the before the beer and <laughs> yeah. the pizza. Yeah, it's the most Berlin co-working space I think I could imagine. Yeah, it's cool. No, it looked. I saw the video as well. I think you were in that video, no? It's yeah. No, it looked great. It looked really cool vibe. But yeah, mostly a party. I was like, oh, they do parties. That's cool. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> okay, and on top of all of this, you also have your own podcast, uh, Vocal Fry, um, also on the label about. And correct me if I'm wrong, the podcast is about uh, ambitious and or interesting Berlin uh, women, mm -hmm. correct? Um, who have you interviewed so far, for those that don't know the podcast? Yeah, so, so far, and I have a few people I've interviewed and I haven't published the okay. episodes yet. Um, I interviewed the girls from the Final Film Festival, Final Girls Film Festival like you did, and then I've also... Um, interviewed my friend Alice, who is really, she's in the process of making a podcast about kind of the state of women's health in Berlin, because uh, as a lot of women, especially non-German speaking women who live here, it's oftentimes difficult to access women's health services, sometimes health services in general. And then the last podcast that I posted, there's only three episodes, is from my friend Saba, who actually did that fellowship with me, and she has this amazing startup 
slash foundation called Arat Raj in Pakistan, where she's from. And it essentially uses AI and animation to teach young girls about things like sexual health, domestic violence, where to get different kinds of education and things like this. And yeah, she usually uses AI to have a chat bot that young girls can go on the app and talk to. That was really cool. I actually listened to that episode and uh, I realized my life is really boring compared <laughs> to hers. Too. I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm hardcore. I'm not hardcore. I know. <laughs> and Sabo's saying things like, well, I couldn't be there when they showed these movies in this town because I need to be alive to continue this work. Yeah, yeah I, and I, was like, that. I was like, okay, that's oh, a different level. I'm whining about yeah. podcasts podcast in berlin we're complaining about the winter and it's like okay there's there's you know yeah. no but i thought that was really interesting yeah she had a lot of stuff to tell and she's involved in so many crazy things no mm -hmm. and i think that uh when i was coming up with a podcast concept i was like what is the easiest thing for me to do to just start something really quick and i was like there's so many interesting women i know here in berlin and people keep messaging me and telling me these amazing stories about people who live here and i first i wanted to do a podcast about female bartenders in berlin and i thought that would be interesting but i felt that might have an end point so yeah i mean there's a, there's it's a good idea i think but mm -hmm. i can see where it, it, at some point maybe unless it, repeats. it can it can repeat <laughs> like, yeah, it's life a niche sucks. Idea. <laughs> i get groped <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah i smell like alcohol all the yeah. Time, yeah. Do you know what vocal the term vocal fry means? No, actually, I wanted to ask that. So vocal, do you know you know the Kardashians? <laughs> I heard about them. <laughs> yeah, so you know how they talk like this, like okay. this, like grating throat sound. That's called vocal fry, and, and in, that's what they do. Okay. And in radio, especially in the states, there's a lot of judgment around young female producers because I know that I have vocal fry, and a lot of people, especially from California, have this. That's true. It's um, a bit of a California thing. Yeah. And it's it's actually like I had some producer friends and myself were talking about how no one takes us seriously because we sound stupid because of our California <laughs> vocal fry accents and so I kind of was just like maybe I'll use that just own it but then I realized that no one in Berlin had well people in Berlin have vocal fry but only if they're from California so I always have to explain the concept to people that's cool okay <laughs> I thought it was just a like vocal fry in terms of a, like a conversation or something but it, it is a thing yeah like uh, when you talk like that. Yeah, it's a it's a very <laughs> yes. Californian thing. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention that, <laughs> okay. Um, is it hard to to cope with everything? I mean, it, is it hard to, on one hand, having bad radio, on the other one, having a podcast, and and you, can you you know, of course, I guess you dedicate more time to bad radio because there's more responsibility and all that. Mm -hmm. But can you balance the whole thing? Can you can you? Yeah, like I've kind of been working six or seven days a week, but it's not work. It's stuff like what else would I be doing watching Netflix? Yeah. And it's been super fun and I feel very lucky and very happy that this is my life and I never imagined at this point in my life I would be able to A, sustain myself because I have another part-time job and just essentially get to geek out about podcasts all day with people. Like yesterday I got to meet with a really interesting girl from South Africa who worked for a bunch of radio stations there and wanted, wants to help us produce stuff and we ended up just hanging out for two hours and talking about podcasts. Okay. And hanging out with my co-founder Giacomo and I get along really well and so he and I just are like good friends and we get to hang out all the time and we're co-workers and okay. just no. we know that we're it's really fun because we're like working towards something and it's like we get to celebrate each little milestone together even if it's not that big and we get really excited about stuff because we're both podcast geeks and it's just been really fun it doesn't feel like work like sometimes I'm up quite late doing things sending emails yada yada but it's always worth it. It's a kind of 
cause, I guess you want to be part of something, you want to be involved in something like that. And no matter how late you go to bed, you still, you still feel good about it. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's like better than a nine to five. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> For all my friends working in banks, take that. It's much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now this, actually, this is a very improv- last minute question, improvised. I wasn't planning to ask because I didn't really know much about it. We were just talking about this. Um, you had another podcast idea related to, well, that started because of uh, something that happened to you here in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of me trying to explain what it is, would you like yeah. to talk about that as well? Yeah, so essentially I was the victim of a housing scammer here in Berlin and it was a very bad situation. And for various reasons, I really had no legal recourse. And so I essentially had to pay 750 euros for an apartment I never had a key to and stepped into for five minutes. And I found out that this has happened to at least 10 other people. And we've all filed police reports against this person, the whole thing. Um, And there's just, yeah, nothing's really happened. And now, like, for example, my Shufa has a hit and things like this. And luckily, I mean, I was an American who had a lot of German friends here who were able to help me with, like, the little legal recourse that I did have. But then I found out that this person had been doing this to refugees and newly arriving expats and taking their last bit of money and things like this. And I was like, I found out that there's really nowhere to go in terms of legal help here. And so it's things, and I realized like this is a huge misconception and that people need to be warned about this and be proactive about protecting themselves from these things. And that they're, you know, if you're fully prepared, there are resources. And I realized like, there's a lot of things like this in Berlin where you move here as an expat on an artist visa, to come like live your fun new life in Berlin. And there are things that culturally are different and you have to understand this. And so I would really like to make a podcast series about, you know, it, and it sounds boring, but we'll find a way to make it interesting. Um, everything from like finding a tax number to finding out what happens at the Ausländerbehörde or um, what what to do if you do get into legal trouble. Because as we were saying, there's, sure. there's like a lot of information on the internet, but it's very bogged it's down and outdated. outdated. Or sometimes it, things change as well. I don't think it's boring. I think it's, if, I mean, of course, if you just go like turn on the mic and talk about it, maybe. <laughs> Read out a statement. <laughs> yeah. Read the laws or something. But I think if you have guests that have been through these situations, people that mm-hmm. actually know what, you know, how this works and, if it's like, it doesn't need to be such a long thing as well. No, and um, it's not to be negative. It's about like making sure that you have an easy transition here. Yeah, it's more like you came to Germany, have, a, have listened, to this, listened to this podcast because it might mm-hmm. help you out. It's more like that. It can yeah. be really useful, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been here four years and I'm still learning basic things and everyone says, you should have known that. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Same, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially related to, you know, you know, bureaucracy, taxes and all that. I've been like, oh, I had to pay that. Great. I didn't know about that. You could have told me two years ago. Something oh, like that. 2,000 yeah. more euros. Got That's it. fine. That's really fine. I'll yeah. just sell my leg. Or something like that. Okay. No, I think it's a good idea. I guess you need to frame it in the right way. Mm-hmm. But it can be very useful, especially because it's something you can update constantly. So you do an episode, you know, an episode number 15. Oh, there's something new. Forget what we said, episode two, because there's a new law or there's a new thing. Yeah. And you can always... Fr- if, I guess if you frame it in an interesting way, it can be really, really useful for a lot of newcomers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even having like an advice podcast or something like this. Sure, so. sure, sure. That's yeah. great. Even though I'd, like, I'd have to find experts, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's... Having one voice give a, a single narrative is probably nicer than having 400 narratives on a Facebook group. Sure, sure. And then it's, it's, it's good to, to sort of concentrate information in the same thing, no? Mm-hmm. You worked as well in the media industry. You were singing for NPR mm-hmm. 
for the Deutsche Welle and other radio stations in New Zealand and in, in, in well, where was it? Oh, well? in California, California. where okay. I'm from. And yeah. uh, considering everything you've seen in these, you know, different companies, different industries and everything you learned so far, do you think or do you think podcasts can be in a way the future of journalism or are they already a very important part of journalism? What's the role of podcasting in general in journalism today? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's really interesting because there's cultural differences between Germany and like the United States and New Zealand. So, for example, I think that in the United States and New Zealand, they have this really long talk radio legacy and they always had these talk radio celebrities and things like this. And so people from the 60s and the 50s have been getting a lot of their news and journalism from radio. And I think here it's not really the same. And this is why I think there's a block to there actually being a lot of podcasts here. Because I know that in New Zealand and uh, like the UK, the United States, there's a, and even other places all around the world that, you know, utilized radio throughout their major historical events and things like this, like South Africa. I think that people are kind of already have the instinct to listen to the radio and listen to podcasts in general. Even and, even now with with you know I guess uh, you know the the news and and journalism in general changing so much and so quickly and and the audience shifting their gears to other like I don't know with with, with I guess smartphones and internet in general. Yeah, I think still, that radio and podcasts are. I mean, podcasts are relevant. Also, they're growing, but the radio is still relevant. No, I don't think radio as much. This is why I think that podcasts essentially will be the new radio. Um, Because, you know, especially as more and more people move to these urban environments and they're like in tubes and things like this, you don't have, you know, a radio frequency. And more and more people have also these... So you want to be in command. You want to decide when to listen. You yeah. don't want to wait for... The, that's the same thing with TV. It's also losing... It's giving into Netflix and all those things because yeah, they... because you want to choose. You want to opt in to what you're listening to. And like, for example, with all these new speakers, these smart speakers like Alexa, they're able to just say, play this podcast. And it's so easy. And like people are now <clears throat> installing these into cars and whatever. Um, and I think that's going to be a huge revolution because I kind of think now like Alexas are like an Xbox without any games. <laughs> like the the technology's there, but you, yeah. you there's so much to do with it, and you well, don't. And it's have about it yet. it's about the consumer having the control of of or the listener or the viewer or whatever having the control of what they want to see and when as well. Mm -hmm. No, because this yeah. is something no one. I mean. It's also interesting, for example, I don't have a TV and I know many, many people here that don't have a TV, yeah. don't need to have a TV, don't feel the need to because in the end, I guess, with, with as I said, Netflix or, you know, podcasts or something, you want to be in control of, of what and when you see. And this is, a, I guess, a newer thing for the last maybe 10 years or so, no? Or even less mm -hmm. than that, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you're right. I think that radio, like when we did this fellowship and I was talking to all of these radio people and I was like, So do you play talk radio? And they're like, no, we play top 40, but we're losing funding. And I'm like, well, Spotify well, exists. Yeah. Like you're... Do something often, else. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, you don't, you're not needed if you just play music unless someone's over 60, you know, yeah. like, because everyone else, even my mom has Spotify now. Yeah. Um, and I think that talk radio is going to be a big way for people to get their news. And I think that people are... Or not talk radio, but like podcasts for mm -hmm. journalism, because I think people are getting so annoyed with Facebook and Twitter. And I've seen so many people get burnt out from just reading all these little blips of news every day. And I think people are getting realizing that they like the storytelling and they like this more immersive journey. But it depends on the lifestyle of the people. I think for people our age, I think it's going to be a big thing.
And it yeah. already is in a lot of places. It's interesting how it's changing, no? As as you would expect that, you know, the internet and social media would be everywhere all the time now, but it, there's a regression. Being rejected. There's yeah. a rejected, There's a rejection and a regression in that. So we're all sort of going back. A podcast sounds like something very old school in a way, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you record, you have two mics, you invite a friend over, you talk about whatever, and that's content. And yeah. somehow it's interesting how that's becoming more trustworthy than than the the more traditional media almost you know all these yeah. newspapers using but at least in in portugal this is happening a lot and i guess everywhere is happening a lot that people don't really trust these some newspapers there's clickbaits everywhere yeah uh, so it's, it's annoying like, you, you can't really trust anything you know it's, and then you google it and it's not true so it's like <laughs> exactly yeah and i'm like i'd rather listen to the you know banter and opinion of two people and depending on their backgrounds if they're quite educated and they You'll know what they're talking more, about almost. yeah yeah and granted there are like five day podcasts and alt right podcasts but it's easier to ignore those you know it's not like they're infiltrating your podcast feed because no. you'd listen for two minutes and be like oh this is propaganda yeah so. yeah you can tell as well when, yeah. when it's fake do you think one big issue I see with the future of podcasts, if of course it's 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 great content and it's trustworthy and you're in charge of you know when you listen to it, what you listen to and so on, but it doesn't seem to be uh, monetizable, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's what a lot of that's people the are challenge, figuring isn't it? out. Yep. That's the big challenge at the moment. I mean, should it, ev should it actually be, should people make money out of podcasts? Should it even be a thing? Or, mm -hmm. or at the same time, it's the beauty of it because you don't make money with it, but at the same time, you don't need to spend a lot of money with it and you don't, no one expects that. What do you think about that? Mm, it's quite interesting. Yeah, this is a discussion permeating all over around the world about podcasts. And even, for example, at South by Southwest, there was a panel on this, like how to monetize and... You know, it's still all of these business models that these podcasts and podcast networks are using are under what five or ten years old. So it's all still quite open. Um, fresh, yeah. And I think like the United States and the UK, for example, really use this network thing, whereas a cohort, you're stronger and it's easier to get advertising bids because that's like the traditional way that people got money from radio. And now people are looking into other mediums like having a magazine or a book or a complimentary like merchandise that goes along with their podcasts um, or even doing crowdfunding and things like this. But from what I found, a lot of podcasts actually end up spending a lot extra time, you know, making the merch and the extra shows and things like this that they would give with a steady account or a Patreon subscription. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people have realized that with podcasting, about 2% of the people are going to make it big, not even big, like be able to live off of this, you know? And I think still for a long time, it's like without the backing of a big radio station or a newspaper or another publication, it's still going to be a hobby. And I think that monetization will continue to be a challenge. I mean, at the same time, because it's 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 people don't ex don't have much expectations about making it a, 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 a living out of it. Mm -hmm. It takes a bit of pressure from that, and and it guarantees a certain quality of content because those who do it will be very motivated to do it, and uh, they'll work to make it interesting, and they don't really worry about how can I make money with this or something like that. So that maybe guarantees yeah. a certain quality, and and you know of the content in a way, no? Yeah, and you have, like I said, you have editorial control because you're not dependent on advertisers. Same thing, yeah, exactly. So like, Which is know. the problem of many newspaper, tradition, more traditional media newspapers mm -hmm. at the moment, TVs as well. Okay. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are figuring this out and there's actually a lot of research being done on how to monetize podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, 
And most of them are, you know, either sponsored or they have crowdfunding or something like yeah. this. I mean, I guess if you have, if you're famous, for example, then you can maybe find a way because you'll have a big audience, a bigger audience. But mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, I guess it's at an, in an initial stage, it doesn't make any sense to try to monetize the podcast yeah. unless you have a big crowd to, to, to show your podcast to, I guess, that yeah. listens to stuff. It's kind of like, I mean, I, I kind of was whining about this at one point. I was to my friends, I was like, no one cares about my <laughs> podcast. And my friends were like, who are musicians, were like, welcome to the world of a musician. Yeah, it's true. You think it's you're true. so amazing, but no one wants to give you money for this, you know? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky. With podcasts, it's, it's, I guess, at the same point, it's tricky. I, I have this problem with my own podcast, which is that, you don't want to depend on social media too much, but you do need it to mm -hmm. show it. But even then, it's hard to put it out there, I guess. I mean, I, I do have, you know, people tell me, I listened to your podcast, it was great, and, and, and it's, it's cool that I get that feedback. But at the same time, it's like, how do you get out there without being either famous or part of a big company or, you know, yeah. which is also the interesting kind of DIY yeah. side of it at the same time but it's fun you can explore these things and like you said there's really no roadmap for social media and podcasting because like the only people who have gotten really big have been either part of a network or through social media have already been you know associated with other famous producers or podcasts or newspapers so you're right like starting out just as an independent producer it's quite interesting mm -hmm. um you also decide on your own path that's also cool i think it's, yes there's not a lot of rules at the same time no mm-hmm yeah because of that. all right one thing that's been you know i guess podcasts can be seen as part of the entertainment industry in a way and you know this uh, the last one two years um People have been talking about a lot of, you know, gender gap in terms of salary, for example, in the, mm -hmm. in the big media industries or even in the which I was talking in my last episode with Sarah about the fact that a lot of people don't like horror cinema because or I don't like horror cinema, <laughs> for example, because most most movies are directed by men and it's a very specific kind of horror mm -hmm. um, or, you know, there's always a bit of a gender gap either in terms of salary or in terms of production. From what you've learned so far is What's the because I also think podcasting is a more recent industry and does this reflect more recent times as well? The the, the is it also quite balanced in terms of mm. the production of podcasts? So in terms of you know is there a gender gap? That's my question in terms of the production of podcasts. There's definitely a gender gap, but there's a lot of good people in the industry who are trying to fix this. So there's a lot of people who are really cognizant about this and the fact that so many, for example, like women of color were kind of excluded from mainstream media and having a voice in mainstream media when there's like a very low barrier to entry and you really don't have this, you know, you know, some editorial person telling you what you can and cannot say. It's much more easy for you to have your own opinions and say things and you know, not even if you wouldn't necessarily have been working for like a public radio station in Michigan yeah. that would supply you with all of this. And like, yeah. um, especially like with my podcast and there's so many like podcasts that are there to give a voice to the voiceless, you know, and like, I think it's the first time when besides Twitter and Facebook, we were actually able to like take back the media. And in terms of production, I think, yeah, there's a lot of people encouraging women, women of color, LGBTQ. There's like this niche thing is really big in podcasting. And even Spotify now has, I posted it the other day, they're having a like boot camp just for women of color in podcasting because they've had such an, in, like an amazing impact on the world of podcasting. And like, There's so many amazing, like, famous podcasts that are produced by women of color in the top, like, iTunes 100. 
And I think in terms of exposure and also talking about women's issues and things like this, it's amazing. I think in terms of still in terms of like podcasts being produced out there, there's definitely a gender gap. And I think in terms of wage, though, I don't know, really, I don't have any idea about that. Um, I just know that there's a lot of like uh, radio affiliate produced podcasts by women of color. And it's mm-hmm. like, I've never heard this many voices of women of color or like women in general in a long time. Like sometimes I'll go a week of just listening to podcasts by women okay. about women. So there's definitely, that's what I was thinking. So I assume just because it's a more recent trend, a more recent like what it's called industry mm-hmm. in, the, in the entertainment uh, uh, industry as well. Uh, that it probably reflects also those, you know, because it's so fresh, it's sort of also reflecting the, the world much better than, for example, the cinema industry, which is yeah. obviously uh, dominated by men still today. Yeah. And I guess it's also more, uh, um, it can change also quickly, quicker than, than, than a lot of those other industries and can reflect those trends much quickly. I yeah. Think. Like some of the most interesting people I met while I was a radio producer are women. And I definitely think in, you know, a traditional radio nine to five, they don't get the recognition they deserve. But when you're your own boss mm-hmm. and you, you sure. know, have full control of what's going on on your platform, it's kind of like social media where like anyone who wants a platform can really have it. And it's about, you know, getting above all the noise and getting above the other, you know, 400,000 yeah. podcasts. Well, that's why I think podcasts, because it's, it's somehow going a step backwards in terms of how to, you know, it's not, there's no image, there's no video, it's just mm-hmm. audio. And because maybe by doing that, you cut through the noise because it's such a specific format. It's not something you can produce every day as well. It's not something you can just write and done, you know, it's, it's yeah. very specific. So the quality, there's a certain standard for quality that you wouldn't have otherwise, I think. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting seeing the enormous disparity between like, you know, everyone's essentially on iTunes or Stitcher, the same playing field. Like, you all have the same exposure on there unless you're paying for their ads. Sure. So, like, for example, like, you know, my podcast would have, like, be on the same platform as these ones that have millions of listeners. And I think that's really cool is, like, we're all kind of part of a big cohort, a big world. Um, and there's just so many different things that people have talked about. And you're right, like, with this niche podcast idea, like... Even if you make a podcast just for your friends, there's a lot of podcasts I've listened to that are super niche and then someone in another continent caught on to it and now they have a fan base all around the world. So you never really know what like the listener journey will be when you produce something and put it out there. Sure, sure. And there's a lot of... Um not also the one thing about podcasting that it, it's barely it's just starting so there's a lot of you know room for at least in Europe I have the feeling it's sort of growing in the US it's huge from what I understand but mm-hmm. in Europe I think it's still like ah oh, you you're doing a podcast I tell some of my friends like I'm doing a podcast like oh podcast oh, what is yeah. that well like <laughs> I was that? telling you earlier my co-founder and I were talking to a producer in the states and he was saying he's actually moving to Berlin because he's like well everything in the United States is all about the United States we have more continents to cover in podcasting. And it was really like forward thinking of him because even I was like, well, their radio will never have an audience in the United States. Like it'll just be about Berlin. And now I'm realizing like, actually, you know, as this world becomes more globalized and more connected, I would go listen to a podcast network from Korea or something like this just to see a snapshot of another place. I think that's, that's I think actually a bit like Berlinotech as well. I think because it's about Berlin, it might have, or the listen, if it was about... 
people in general from everywhere you know if, let's mm -hmm. say uh, for example your podcast was about women but from everywhere all over the place then yeah. it could be interesting but at the same time there's nothing really linking connecting them putting them together but because there's a berlin uh, also berlin is a, you know there's a, there's a city with a reputation berlin. yes it's a very sexy city yeah. out there so uh, other people listening to the podcasts to, uh, from Berlin, anywhere else in the world will think, oh, this is from the first, you know, uh, maybe I want to go to Berlin next year. Let me listen to this, you know. Exactly. So you never know. You never really know. As you said, you never really, you cannot really guess the listener's journey. You know, and what, where yeah. does it go to? Like at South by Southwest, so many people would be like, where are you from? And I'm like, Berlin. A, they'd tell me my English is really good. <laughs> I'd be like, thank you. You did really well. Yeah. But then they'd be like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I want to go to Berlin. I want to live in Berlin. And I think that, I mean, everyone around the world, I think Berlin, you're right, is a very sexy city at the moment. And I, th I think it will continue to be. And I think people are, especially these people I talk to in the States, are very interested in listening to stuff about mm. Berlin. That's why I need to put out your podcast about uh, helping them out at the beginning. Yeah, as so quickly that they as you don't can, have to leave. As quickly as you can. <laughs> yeah. Now, just one more question, uh, just before we finish. Any podcasts you'd like to recommend that you've been listening to about whatever you want? Well, I'm going to get my phone because right. there's a lot. <laughs> this right, is, it's, like, it's like when someone asks you your favorite band and then when the time comes, you can't say anything. There's only 15. Yeah, yeah there's only there's 100. Only 15, yeah. So there's different genres of things that I like to listen to. Okay, we can do, I guess, maybe one each. Yeah. So from True Crime, I recently listened to Atlanta Monster, which is a really interesting story about a bunch of children who, fun times, were murdered in Atlanta in the 70s, and there's a person who's currently in jail for it, who they think was framed, and they think it was like a KKK cover-up, essentially. Um, and it goes in, it's a 10-part episode show, and it was really interesting, and they went very deep. Oh, another one on that is called Caught, and it talks all about the juvenile justice system in the United States and people who are dealing with this. All right. Um, I also really like Ear Hustle, which is from uh, Radiotopia, and essentially they had a really cool call for podcast ideas, and these two people who are in prison are producing this podcast about life in prison. It's really interesting and really well done with like the help of professional radio that's, that's, people. That's really interesting, yeah. Um, I really like uh, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Like they're, That's based off of a book as well. Um, there's a, one podcast that just came out called Meat. <laughs> so okay. it's by this really cool Italian producer who has produced for the BBC and he's been all over the world producing. Oh, this is the one you talk about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he talks about different aspects of like the human body and it's really well produced. Like It's a really good journey. And then, as usual, always like... Radio Lab, Invisibilia, all of the NPR podcasts. Um, I also really like. I've given up doing categories. I'm just rambling. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. Um, I also really like On the Media, which is really good. So they essentially will go very deep into news stories from the week or the month. Like um, they've gone into really deep into like the Second Amendment and things that people might be curious about going further than just what, you know, you're presented with on every media website ever. Okay. Um, Reply All, of course, where they, you know, talk about how internet affects your life. I was telling you earlier, they have a whole thing about, you know, finding lost Bitcoin that people bought in 2012. Yeah. Women who are internet dominatrixes and their only job okay. is to go into men's computers and steal their data and they get paid to do this. 
right. <laughs> I love uh, Turned Out a Punk, which is from this guy from this punk band or hardcore band from Canada called Fucked Up, and he interviews people who have turned out to be punks. I think in his latest episode, he interviewed Jack Black, <laughs> and okay. it's really funny. Was he a punk before? Yeah, in this band. I didn't know. Oh, not Jack Black. Well, oh, okay. Jack Black was in Tenacious D. Yeah, so that was maybe. pretty punky. <laughs> he was in that movie, School of Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as always, um, I really like Throwing Shade, and which is about like feminist and queer issues, and Two Dope Queens. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot. Okay, that's quite a good list. I'll, I'll put them in the footnotes of the... Um... Yeah. Of the episodes so that people can have a listen to. I'll also have a listen to. I need to refresh my uh, my podcast list. Mm -hmm. Maybe if people just want something to start out with, if they like, just want to start listening to some big podcasts, maybe just Radio Lab on the media and Reply All would probably be That's a, a good, good start. Mix. Okay, yeah. there we go. All right. So, Jillian, uh, thanks for coming. It was yeah. a really nice talk. It's a podcast about podcasting, which is very podcast session <laughs> very very crazy yeah uh, but it was great to also to talk about you know what i've been doing as well in general which is pretty cool mm -hmm. um thanks for coming guys this was episode number 10 of berlinotech and it was a pleasure to have you on board once again it's been a while as i said but it's good to be back i'll promise to be a bit more uh, um i'll promise to put not take two months again to release an episode <laughs> i'll try my best at least um if you enjoyed the podcasts uh, a rating on itunes would be absolutely ace uh five stars minimum as you usually say mm -hmm. that'd be fantastic and um where can people find bear radio i guess social media in general facebook instagram yeah, bearradio.org there we go the website um and um besides berlinotech obviously we've got a lot of other good podcasts over there so have a listen to that and uh i hope you enjoyed the podcast i hope you enjoyed the episode that was episode number 10 i'm duarte Zvedu, and uh, see you soon mm -hmm.